can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, holding up well, keeping busy. Yeah, thank you for yeah. being on the podcast. Of course, thank you. How was uh, your previous podcast? It was good. It was good. Um, and um, there was some interesting stuff that we talked about, probably some stuff that um you as a filmmaker probably have had to experience probably um being that he he works with independent filmmakers to kind of help them to give them a different way of distributing their their films and uh you know for those people who are locked into distribution deals that might be a little tough to work with um mm -hmm. He fits in the gray areas where you can still make money um, and not break your agreements. So it's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, but we're here to talk about you. You. <laughs> so you're out in LA, but you're not, you weren't always in LA, correct? Correct. Yeah. No, I was uh, born and raised in uh, New York, Queens, and New York. What, um, what, what, part of, um, what part of Queens? Flushing. I'm I'm not far from there. I'm in Elmhurst. Really? Oh, you're in my hometown right now. How is it there? How are it's, you guys? You know, I just wish a few more people would still wear the mask, but Oh yeah. no. Yeah. We're having the same thing here in LA. Yeah. So. Yeah, well they 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 obviously shared notes because they're they like it's I, I can remember like maybe two or three weeks ago being outside and be like it's like a ghost town now it literally i'm like having to duck and dodge people again when i start ducking and dodging people that's a problem so. yeah here it's uh, the traffic so during uh, like the first few weeks of quarantine like you know there's no there was no traffic whatsoever it was like 10 15 minutes to get to like no east and traffic. west yeah so now you know that people are going out and about of their life, you know, about their lives because yeah, now it's like normal, you know, heavy traffic on the freeways. So. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think I, I, I was out in California a long time ago, um, working in special effects. So, and, uh, it was not for me per se, <laughs> but I loved working in the industry out there. Just the, earthquakes were my just not not my my bag of tea so <laughs> you know um so you you started here in queens um where'd you go to what was what was high school for you sure so i went to uh robert f kennedy yeah was that like so where did uh where did the film bug start to bite you when i was eight so Get way before yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> all right so way before uh high school um yeah i i mean i always kind of like since since eight i kind of just picked up a camcorder and started making like short little films and threw my cousins to act in them and um yeah then i went to high school still with the film bug watched a lot of you know cinema and then when I realized that there was such thing as film school, you mm. know, um, I went to uh, the School of Visual Arts. Oh, you went to SVA? Uh, yeah. And then oh, I was there too. for a year and a half. And then I left film school. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it was the right decision for me personally, mm -hmm. for like what I was trying to accomplish and what I felt film school was like holding me back on. Mm. And I had a conversation with a great mentor of mine who was one of my professors. And um, kind of from there, I just started working in the industry as a PA, trying to get like my grasp on, you know, 
everything. Mm. And uh, that was the best film school for me to mm. kind of just um, see it firsthand. Mm. I actually, um, I judged the student films for the Dusty uh, Awards. Oh, that's couple, awesome. Couple years in a row. So um, good school. And um, yeah, I mean, so here's the kind of funny thing is like, I remember, look, I'm going to lay it out there. I'm significantly older than you. I'm like dinosaur age, whatever. <laughs> but when I was growing up, there was, mm, there wasn't any real, like there was film school, obviously, but it was kind of like this mythic beast of sorts where like, if you went, like I couldn't go because my father didn't think it was a viable career. And so I ended up going, I did technically end up going there, um, but for like some, for art school, like some mm -hmm. art stuff. Um, but um, from a film side, I couldn't go, my father wouldn't let me go, whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, the thought towards film school has evolved a great deal in that um, with the evolution of technology and the availability of these high-end cameras that are pretty affordable, it's almost made it where a lot of people don't feel like the need of having to go. Like there's a little bit more of a freestyle of how you, you know, get your knowledge and, and how you get into the industry. Because I also, I, I also started as a PA. Um, but I just thought it was, it's curious that, um, like, I don't know many people right now that are picking up a camera at, um, because they went to film school. Most of them have just, I just want to be a filmmaker. Yeah. I went and bought a camera yesterday and I'm going out and doing it. And <laughs> I guess that's cool, you know, but the question has always remained like from the behind the scenes with like a lot of the, um, distributors um like i went to um i don't know if you're familiar with sterable fest no no not familiar so sterable fest is a festival for web series okay and so a couple years ago i think it's only been around for maybe two or three years but it's a good festival and a couple years ago i met like a couple of um people from um a couple distribution companies and they're you know, I asked them that question, like a question which was with the, because, because there's so many more filmmakers there, um, do they find it tough finding quality um, content now? And, you know, and if they aren't, do they believe it's because more people aren't going to film school? And to me, I don't think, I think it's, it's not that simple. Because I yeah. don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I think you learn things different ways. Like, do you have different opportunities than, than was, say, 10, 20 years ago? Would you find that to be true? Definitely. I mean, I think had I really thought about it a little bit more, I probably wouldn't have. I would have really maybe not even gone to film school at all. I think mm. just that kind of, um, like once you graduate high school, it's just that thing that people automatically, you know, kind of throw at you, you know, now like right. college and all of that. And I knew I wanted to go for something that I was interested in and was passionate about. Um, but, you know, I would say, like I always tell, you know, when people ask, like, should I go to film school? Should I go to film school? I'm like, if you have no technical you know knowledge of you know a camera at all or any technicalities of filmmaking then obviously that would be a place where you can you know mind you now there's like youtube and all of that stuff but if you right. feel like you learn more uh you learn better in a like controlled environment where you know it's kind of you know hands-on experience i guess with you know your classes and all of that then by all means but for me i think um, I already kind of knew that, you know, mm. um, and then I just felt like in film school, it's more of like, 
like a on the books like approach you know it's right. very like on the books and I just wanted to explore like the kind of stories I wanted to tell what my voice would be through film and stuff like that so mm. that was something that wasn't serving me in film school so I wanted to kind of you know figure that out on my own because that would be eventually you know like technical aspects you, you you know the basics and then you surround yourself with collaborators who are you know excel in those departments and stuff like that mind you i'm not saying <laughs> you don't need to know anything about like editing or sound or anything like you want to yeah. know your, your your basis but um yeah so i think for for me it was just a better approach to like be on set, see how a set is run, you know, all right. these different departments. What does that look like? What exactly is the director, you know, doing? How is he, you know, working with the actors and all of that? And that's stuff that, you know, you, you can watch, you know, and learn. And just by doing it, like once I started like making my uh, short projects in school and like, you know, little projects like in Central Park, you know, grabbing a camera and like, and I, that would be another, um, I guess, uh, bonus thing about going to film school is the accessibility to equipment. You know, when you're mm. like 18, you don't have a tripod and like all the big shebang. You just probably have your small little like DSLR camera that you can kind of run and gun. But um, other than that, I mean, I, I feel like for, for me, the... Um, the quality too, because you were talking about like quality yeah. and stuff like that. I feel like it's kind of like a double-edged sword uh, because now that there is accessibility, people are, you know, shooting things on their phone and, and all mm. of that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> you know? I've said that so many times. Yeah, just because you can, yeah, I think yeah. you should. You know, there, there should be, um, there is, it's, it's a craft and you right. have to learn that craft, you know, right. not just kind of amateurly just making stuff just to make it. So I think it's, it's like a fine line between, yes, now there's more content and we, you know, there's yeah, sometimes the quality is not as good or yes, now the quality is good because now, you know, people can start learning you know, when they're younger and they have like YouTube, which is an amazing resource and, mm. and everything at their fingertips at this point. So, um, so, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. So at eight years old, you, you had kind of an inkling of where you like what you wanted to do. And then, you know, you move further into your life. You, you're, um, you go to film school um, and then you move into being coming a PA. Was it a PA as a um, on a feature film? Like what? What kind? What kind mm -hmm. of project was that? So um, yeah, I mean, I guess I should start with the film that like made it. That was like that aha moment for me when I was eight, which was Titanic, because it was the first live action film when I saw as a child. Really? I was eight years old. Yeah, when I saw. Wait, it. wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is the first time that someone has said Titanic is the film that was the the defining the, the the film. Yeah, and how I was able to see that at eight years old, I don't know, but I'm not yeah. questioning it. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I saw it in the theaters, and I just remember, you know, watching Jack Dawson drowned, and starting I started to cry, and I was like, oh my god, what is happening? And like, what is what is happening? Like, yeah. why am I feeling emotional? What is it that I'm watching that's making me feel this way? And, you know, I think when you're younger, you think movies are just like magic and they're just like magically there. Mm. So I didn't know that there was like a writer, director and a whole process behind filmmaking. So right. um, once I learned about, you know, uh, filmmaking and cinema, that's when I was like, you know what, this is something that I, I, I want to tell stories. I want to mm. move people like I was moved, you know, in that experience that I've, I'll never forget. So it kind of became, that's how like my love and passion stemmed from that uh, moment that I had um, in the theater. That's, uh, it's, um, for me, it was 
probably a stereoty stereotypical Star Wars, obviously. Um, you know, but I always love to hear that moment because, um, you know, and it's always used, it's usually somebody like you, we're usually really young when it happens and you, you know, there's, there's like um, that aha moment of like, oh, I can, wow, what is that? You know, it's so, yeah. it's so cool. You know, I want to know what it is. And I remember having to, so I've read, there used to be this magazine called Starlog Magazine. It was like a magazine for like science fiction TV shows and movies. And so I would read everything. I read like every article they would have. I would watch all of their, um, they had like a little bit of a TV show and I would watch all of it. And just, I, I knew right there, I wanted to do something with special effects. I ran out and bought models. I was like, <laughs> yes, I have to do like this. And I had no clue what I was doing. But I, I knew there was a motivation toward it. And um, so when you got on, um, so, so being, so my first job as in film was, well, technically was an actor, but as a behind the camera person, it was a PA. And um, I, I've done a few, fair amount of PA work on a few different projects. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, Malcolm X, a couple other things. Oh, wow. Um, and there was like a mixed, I will tell you, if my, if my interest in the career of the career of film mm -hmm. was going to be based on being a PA, I would have never been a, P, a filmmaker because <laughs> it was kind of a mixed bag. Like a couple of projects were really kind of cool. And then there were a couple I'd, I'd rather forget and I didn't learn anything. I, I mean, I think, I mean, I think I, you know, I, I took the jobs knowing they would be hard, but I thought I would learn more. I think, I guess that was, um, do you find that, you know, being like those, those earlier days that you got to pick up things like, did, did it inform you on, a direction of where you wanted to be behind the camera? Um, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, everyone wants to be a writer or a director, right? And yep. I knew I knew that, but I always had like an open mind, you know, mm -hmm. like that might change. Like once I kind of, like you said, you know, um, work, go on sets and actually see it for myself. Like, is this something that I, I want to do? So, uh, yeah, I, you know, just gravitated towards everything, really. Like, once I was on set, you know, just seeing the collaboration between every department and the creative process, um, you know, when you're a PA, you don't really see, like, the pre-production stage, and that's kind right. of, like, my favorite, because I love working with actors. Like, that's been my thing since the beginning of, like, you know, rehearsing with them and, and just, you know, really, uh, that's, I think, like casting is everything i i'm a firm believer of that so like mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it's so you know imperative to to you know cast correctly and that's like you're halfway done with your your job so mm. um yeah i mean paing i was 18 when i went to silver cup studios oh, i was like my cup. first uh pa gig was for um the first iphone that came out and uh wow. yeah it feels like ages ago um but yeah i'll never forget it it was with um sam mendes was directing oh. so um i had you know watched american beauty like yeah, so many times film. it's one of my favorite films and uh you know getting to kind of he comes with a background in theater so just getting to see him um, direct his actors and just you know Harry Savides was the cinematographer of it former oh SBA <laughs> I mean talk about like a first time and like yeah. already I'm just like whoa what is happening and trying to take everything in but also trying to kind of like observe and and, and watch and mm. um yeah that I think was like you know once I was in there I you know just networking became everything of like you know 
here's my contact info. Please call me for the next, you know, and when you're PAing, you know, as you're working for pretty much nothing and it's more connections and experience and just, you know, it, it you know, there was experiences like that, like you right. mentioned, where, and then other ones where you're like, oh my God, like if they can do this and why am I not like, you yeah. know, making my own stuff. So yeah, it, it just, um, you know, in New York, there's, we're just, um, uh, spoiled with so mm. much productions, you know, there's TV, there's mm. uh, films and, and all of that. So I was very lucky that once I was kind of in that, you know, I guess circle of people that I kept going on jobs. I got to work on the secret life of Walter Mitty with uh, Ben Stiller and my, the Wolf of Wall films. Street. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Wolf of Wall Street. So, you know, that I think was just, the best experience of like seeing these masters, you know, who kind of inspired you and informed your kind of childhood and your passion for film. So mm. um, what was your, um, what was the first project that you um, wrote and directed or have you? Have you sure. Uh, so the first one was uh, Times Like These. It's a short film we made about five years ago now. It mm -hmm. was like literally before I had moved out here to LA. Okay. Um, so we shot that in Queens and it was, um, I had written it um, as a, like at that time I kind of thought about it as my thesis because it would have been the time that I would have been graduating mm -hmm. film school had I stayed. So to me, I kind of posed it as like my thesis. Like this is my, um, I guess, uh, my uh like if i can make this then oh. I'm, I'm in like the right path like yeah, my test yeah, yeah. to myself you know if i can put this together and like make it happen by myself you know we're good yeah. to go like i can i can keep down and going this path so um yeah i wanted to write something uh personal and wanted to make something for my mother so I wanted to, you know, she's someone who I admire and is my hero. So I wanted to um, really delve into uh, domestic abuse. And mm. I, at that time, we hadn't seen it so, so much as like now, it's, you know, we see more uh, stories like those being told. But at that time, there wasn't really nothing or not that I had seen. So I wanted to write the story about a woman who has, uh, who musters up the courage to leave an abusive marriage and, mm. um, you know, leave with her two kids. And, you know, it's a 15 minute short um, that uh, at the time I was just kind of writing it for my mom and because it was something that I felt I needed to get off my chest and mm. um, I didn't know the impact that it would have and how much it would uh, resonate with people whether they had seen it growing up or you know our survivors themselves um it was very um just overwhelming honestly when mm. once we started getting reactions it's different like um it, it's different right because um here you are this person who started out as an eight-year-old whose life was impacted by seeing this thing on film um and you fast forward and now you are the filmmaker who's creating this this work of art who is potentially in influencing someone else who's watching what you're watching that must be a bit surreal in a lot of ways you know that um, is yeah that's very surreal and until you just mentioned it now you know you're kind of like in the moment and you're you know just so in it that you don't you rarely have time to kind of reflect and you know, look yeah. at it and stuff like that. So thank you for pointing that out because that is pretty incredible because it wasn't an easy thing to, to do. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was uh, crowdfunding money and uh, shooting in, uh, it was like the hottest summer on record in like the past, uh, in like a few years. So, you know, we were shooting in Queens in a, an apartment with, you know, cast and crew and it was like 100 degrees and mm. it was uh, pretty intense but you know everyone was passionate about the material and um you know we were just in it to to win it really hmm. what, what um if you don't mind me asking what was the budget for it uh, for times like these uh, we raised 
$20,000. Okay, that's saying? pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I remember, yeah. That's pretty, that's actually really good considering when you did it. Yeah. That was, that was pretty much right when crowdfunding was really starting to take off. Yeah, that was my first experience with with crowdfunding, and it's 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 uh, nerve wracking, and it's not so easy, you know. Like begging yeah. or asking for people for money is yeah. not doesn't come easy to me. And then the fact that, you know, it it's one of those things where you have to. It's like a constant, you know, whether through Facebook and at that time Instagram wasn't as big, so right. really our uh, platform was Facebook and right. pushing that link in order for you know uh, and it's amazing how many um you know most of like our contributors were people that like surprised me like i would have never imagined it's a, like a test too to see who really is like supportive and like you know your true friend and stuff like that because mm -hmm. it was very eye an eye-opening experience but well, i am forever grateful to to all all of them one of the um so i done a fair amount of um I guess you would say research into crowdfunding for filmmakers. And, you know, one of the things I always tell people is that really is, to be honest, crowdfunding is the, is, is great for two things. One, it's great for obviously raising your money. Well, three things. Two, it's great for marketing your film, your project, because obviously you have to market the campaign, therefore, you know, mm -hmm. but the most important thing to me is it's, great for validation of your idea if you if you can raise if you are able to raise this money that validates the fact that people want to see what you're doing they really and what you're doing resonates with with, with them very much so so um i i highly encourage young filmmakers who want to make something to to go the crowdfunding route because like my previous podcasts um we were having this conversation about um, startup companies trying to raise money and whether they should or shouldn't. And I kind of also kind of likened it to filmmakers in a lot of ways with, you know, investment of money and investors on your, you know, in your film. I'm like, to be honest, you want to keep it is keep it, keep it in the family as, as, as they say, which is, you know, crowdfunded as much as you can um go family friends and family if you can first and then crowdfunding if you don't if you need more money yeah because it, it is you don't want to you don't want people having to tell you what your film's going to be and once you start raising money that's exactly what happens so yeah no that's a that's a great point and um also you're building your audience you know right. you're you're building an audience that are going to follow your journey you know as yep. you as you trug along so yep. um it, it was great yeah. so so that was your first one um mm -hmm. were there any lessons that you took along away from that that you've kind of moved on and carried those forward sure and i think um it it in part has to do with being a New Yorker and that mm. mentality that, you know, you know, you just it's like that hustle, you know, mm. that New York kind of instills in you and you got to just keep going because mm. we had lost our location the night before we were oh. about to shoot. Um, so it was one of those things where we already had like our equipment, we already had people scheduled. Yeah, I had an actor flying in from LA. So there was like no you know, let's push There's it. No, we're whatever. not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was about really just brainstorming, you know, what do we have? What, what do we have access to? Mm -hmm. And my brother, who was one of the producers on the film was like, okay, let's use my apartment. Uh, my amazing production designer dressed it all in a night. Mm. And next thing, you know, next morning we're, we're shooting. So um, yeah, I think, you know, that was a great lesson to, to learn on like your first, hurrah if you will like you know you gotta things are gonna come up it's just as much as you prepare as much as whatever things come up and it's a it's a it's a matter of how you adjust and how you're um you're able to just like think off your feet really mm. and not give up obviously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um uh, when did you end up um 
making the um, jump from New York to to LA? What uh, what went into making that decision to go out there? Um, I it was about a year after we had made the film and we were going to festivals with the film mm -hmm. and my brother had moved out to LA and I eventually knew I wanted to go to LA and um, went to visit and kind of fell in love mm. and um, just love the energy and just sunshine, you know, <laughs> 365 days out of the year. Like it is, it's beautiful. And, what? Um, you don't like the New York <laughs> wet and wet snow? How dare you? <laughs> Um, and I was getting to a point um, where I just kind of needed something fresh, something new, and mm. maybe even for it to kind of stir up my creative, like my creative process a little bit too. So, um, yeah, I was like, let's go. So, but yeah, I went to um, uh, L.A. and, uh, you know, I love New York. It'll always have a special place in my uh -huh, heart. Uh-huh, that's what you say. You say that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm always proud to rep the hometown, so. So, um, so having lived there, um, this question I ask most people who, who, who like, who have, made the migration from New York to, to LA and have been in the industry on both sides of the, the country. Do you think, is there like a, what do you feel is the difference when it comes to networking and, and, and business, like the industry connectivity of, because New York is a, it's a very different animal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would say, like the thing that stands out the most for me is New York is very like, like I said, like, like hustling, like, you know, mm. if you need to get a shot on the subway, like you literally go with your, yep. with your camera and you like get it, you know, yep. you don't, uh, I don't want to curse, but like, you really you don't curse. give, you don't, you don't give any fucks. Like you're just like <laughs> doing it. Right. So I feel like that tenacity is definitely New York, you know, mm. like out here, people are like, uh, they're very, um, like polite in a sense that they don't like to like break the law or like, you know, they want to be very like careful type of thing in New York. You, we, we're just like, we're doing it cause we got to yeah. do it, you know, 4am get up, go down to the subway, shoot it, <laughs> and done. Yeah. Like here it's like, well, we need, we need permits. We, in New York, we're like, we don't give a <sighs> shit about permits. Let's just go. Yeah. So that, that was like one thing. <laughs> um, that that definitely stands out for me. It's that here because it's like Hollywood. It's very, it's done in a in like the traditional sense. Mm. New York is more guerrilla type of mm. thing. You know, here I feel like maybe you can't get away with it as much because again, like there's just like constant constant filming going on in the city. You know, mm. like it's it's very um, it's all supervised. You know, so interesting. Yeah. That would that would make me so upset. I'd be like, what? I got to get a permit? No, 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 no. I grab the camera. No, no, Darren, you can't do that. You've got to get permits and do it the right way. I'm like, ah. Yeah, so. Interesting. That. And then um, the, the networking, I mean, I don't know. Because I've heard like the, it's like from a, I don't know. It's weird. Like, so I've had, I have, <clears throat> I've had a couple of friends who have relocated out there within the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like when I see them on Facebook or Instagram, they are living their best life and they are getting all these opportunities and things are just falling into their laps and they're hanging out with the people that I want to see. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I'm like, how did, oh, I was just at a cafe and ran into this guy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, yes, there is easier accessibility to, mm. um, like a greater chance of you running into people here, you mm. know, just in the cafe or whatever. I feel like, 
it was the same in New York because I would run into like people walking yeah. But, you know, I was obviously always like on high alert and like super, you know, like, <laughs> like observing everyone. But, um, uh, and I think because in New York, you're, everyone's like just so on top of each other. It's very mm. hard to kind of make that connection because as a New Yorker, I will say like someone comes up to you, you're like, what do you want? I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta go or whatever. Yeah. Here, people are a little bit more willing to if they do find like a genuine connection to like listen and talk and, and all of that. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. We are, we are not, we're not that city that you just walk up to on the street and ask for directions. We're, yeah. we're not those yeah. people. <laughs> we, will, we will send you everywhere, but where you want to go. go. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Do you want to go to the Empire State Building? Yeah. Yeah. What you do is you just walk around the corner and that's it. You're around the corner. <laughs> Uh, um, so let's, so, so you're in LA now, when did you, so you have a new project that you're working, oh, yeah. wait, so we're in where, post right now, post okay. mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about the, cause I, so I'm not sure if this is coincidence or anything, but when I got you, um, when we decided to do the show, like, I think the, the, day after I put it on the calendar, um, I was on Netflix and George has his right. new special up and I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on here? Because I, I, I love George Lopez. I think he's hilarious. And so that you were directing a film with George Lopez in it. Um, yeah. First of all, how did that come about? Which has got to be interesting in itself. Sure. So I'll just give you like a brief like backstory on like just the film itself. So um, we shot in January, this past January um, for three days. And, you know, I had written the script um, last May. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wanted again to follow up the short that I had told you earlier times like these. I wanted something personal. Again, those are the films I love to tell. So mm -hmm. I was thinking of like, what can be like the next piece and what story do I feel inclined to tell? And I wanted to tell a coming of age story, one that um, I guess when I was in high school, I would have wanted to watch and, you know, feel seen. So I mm -hmm. wanted to kind of tap into that. And, you know, in high school, everything is so exponentially larger than life you know if you're not popular you'll never be if he doesn't like you then right. you're not pretty if she doesn't like you then you're not this or that so I wanted to tap I wanted to go into like high school and and tell a story about this girl who you know is dealing with her sexuality and you know thankfully she has a great support system and her friend who manages to kind of get her out of her shell and really um just accept herself and mm. in that find the courage to come out to her parents, you know, in that one night. So uh, that's how the story kind of took shape. And um, yeah, from like the get go, I had worked with uh, Marlene Forte, who was in my previous film and I knew, you know, she would be the mom. And um, I had been a fan of George since I was little, you know, watching him on TV and, um, kind of envisioned him while I was even writing the script. So I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome if I can get this man to play this mm. role, you know, that I'm like writing and thinking about when I'm writing. And um, uh, yeah, every everyone else kind of came through. And then Zach, I had seen him in Peanut Butter Falcon and, and yeah. I knew that, um, you know, this character is, needs to be an actor with down syndrome you know i'm not gonna just have an actor and just right. throw him in so <clears throat> it was very crucial to get my dream cast and you know luckily through just being persistent and passionate there was something that people you know gravitated towards and and wanted to again be a part of it mm. and it was very surreal you know once everyone was there because it was such a you know, crazy roller coaster, you know, to finally get to that point where we're like rolling and, and, um, mm. yeah. And you've, and you're lucky in a lot of, because you shot it in January 
pre, like literally oh my right God. before it starts to kick <laughs> off. And that would yeah. be just like, oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm forever so like grateful because <laughs> honestly, yeah, we like missed it like that. Like, um, yeah. yeah. And again, it, that all came because of scheduling. You know, George yeah. was on his tour at that point. He was touring for that special that you saw. So it was like getting that perfect weekend where like everyone, you know, mm. can, can be there. And um, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where like, if it's meant to be, it will be, but it was, you know, just, you know. And this was, this is a film is called At Last. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, you know, I, I don't know what the future of cinema is because this, theaters are, you know, so in flux right now. The good thing about it, I think, will be is that <clears throat> when it comes to the independent um, theaters, you'll have plenty of space to run. So that'll be, you know, and if, uh, so like, what's the next, um, what, what do you, what do you see as the next step for this film after, you know, will it be, um, is this going to be a festival run or is this going to go straight to theater or? Yeah. So definitely a festival run. Okay. Um, yeah. That's why we're kind of not so much in a hurry because, you right. know, all the yeah. festivals that are playing this year for the rest of the year are really going to be virtual yep. platforms type of thing. And this need, this film needs to be seen in a theater with yeah. an audience, I'm you know? Yeah, so um, we're going to wait for the festivals to hopefully, you know, be up and running. And then um, ideally we want this film to just reach as many people as possible. So whether that's through like a um, platform, a digital platform, um, where we're hoping to just have it, you know, in, in any, there's so many now, but mm. any of them would be great. It's, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it because, <clears throat> like I said, I um, George is a favorite of mine. Um, Zach, I also saw him in Peter Butter Falcon. I was like, why do I know that name? And was, oh, <laughs> right, he was in that film. He's like, oh, he's really good. Um, one of the like, two thousand. When did this come out? Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, out? yeah, last year. Uh -huh. Two thousand nineteen was like killer film year. It was just like such a so many good films that came out that year, and a lot of them are films that um, you, like you didn't see. Um, they weren't blockbusters, you know, but they were like there was just some outstanding. And, and I was looking forward to seeing another good year. And then Corona decided to get all <laughs> involved. And all I'm curious to see what happened. My, my only um, sad curiosity is that see how many Corona-based films will be out They're in the next five be. years. Yeah. yeah. I think Contagion was good enough for all exactly. pandemics. I think it pretty much is Got it covered. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we don't need... You just watch that and it pretty much tells you the story of everything. So yeah. Um, uh, what what filmmakers um, inspire you? Like like are there any filmmakers that you look at and go, yeah, I want to do something like that, or writers that that you kind of look towards to model yourself into? Yeah, I mean Martin Scorsese is obviously you know someone who since I was uh, uh, young and just his passion for cinema and just he is a master, I think, of, of his craft. Um, mm. uh, Pedro Almodovar. Um, oh. Yeah, I love his films. And again, great storyteller and uh, just the way he uses just, you know, uh, color palette music and sound and all of that it's it just i mm. love it um john hughes oh john hughes yes. yeah yeah, yeah. i like like me good. a good john hughes film or and, uh, especially his some of his earlier stuff mm -hmm. so. um uh, jason reitman and ivan reitman reitman's yeah yeah yeah, well, they're all good, all good, all great, great answers, great, great answers. So um, if you have a dream, pro is there like one 
like it, it is there any like uh dream project that you still are waiting hopefully that well maybe i shouldn't ask you that question because i don't like jinxing people um <laughs> how about this are there any projects that came out that you wish you could have worked on oh that's a good question either as a writer or as a director because I'm a, I both write and direct too, and um, yeah, to me that's a tough question. But I would have loved to have been like, you know, in the room for the Matrix too. Oh, only because yeah, I would have pointed yeah. out a few things. But otherwise, yeah, I would have loved to have been in that room. But from like a quality, st I would have loved to have been. One of the writers on um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Um, I just, the writing for that film was so good. Um, and I would have loved to have been the writer in the uh, room for The West Wing. Ooh. So I, I, yeah. I, I went and binged watched all of those a couple months ago just because I was just like fascinated with the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So it was such, such good writing. Those are great answers. Um, I would say um, Home Alone. Oh my God, really? I would say Home Alone because I would love to make a holiday film, but again, not make it just be about the holidays that have it be a little bit more than just that. And I think Home Alone, even though they kind of like did Home Alone like three and four and I don't know how many more after, but one and two were like pretty solid, but Home Alone is such a classic and that's one film I never stop watching yeah um, ghost is another oh, classic cool. of mine and i love it so much uh i wish i could have directed that film because mm. it's a classic in my books just mm. from like whoopi goldberg and like demi moore patrick swayze like yeah. Good have, cast. yeah an amazing cast story is there and it's uh heartfelt um mm. i haven't seen that film in a while i have to put that on my rewatch list Oh, please do. Yeah. Mm. And Home Alone, you should reboot it with, <laughs> with a girl as the lead role. Ah. To me, that thing, I go. think that would okay. be Matt, Matt Cool. That would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Home Alone is, um, is a it's funny you meant the reason why I'm surprised because for some reason that movie has been on people's tongues this week for some reason really yeah like three <laughs> or four people we like we were for some reason we were talking about Home Alone a couple of days ago and I was like well to me it's like one of those films that's kind of underrated um from a comedy standpoint um and it's just there's a lot going on that like I think you have to watch the film a couple of times and if you don't like it, it's it's a film you have to watch all the, like a couple times, and it's it's like right up there with like Die Hard for a film that kind should be a holiday movie that you watch every year. Like people say, Die Hard's not a holiday movie. It's a holiday movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. They are singing jingle bells at the end of the movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, you should watch this show on Netflix. I think it's called Making Of or something. Oh, yeah, Making Of. I just saw There's it. an episode of Home Alone, and oh, my gosh. That's what, I, that's what we were talking about. We were, okay. I was like, is there – I just came across that, that show, and I was like – I was telling a friend of mine, we should watch this because – there's a making of Home Alone on there. They're like, oh, cool. So, so yeah. That's it's cool. very inspiring, too. But when you, very inspiring, because you'll see that it almost was like, wasn't made. So, it was, it was very inspiring. Well, here's the thing, though. Every movie is almost never made. Because this is true, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, we're always one person or one dollar or one yeah. actor yeah but like the craziest thing to me is that it is 
probably one of the most successful holiday films mm. and how many years has it been like it's crazy wow yeah it's been, it's been oh, yeah so yeah. that's why i was like did these people not know that this was going to be like you know well one thing i'm learning more about like so i have another podcast called the download and we do we review movies and their soundtracks and the one thing I've seen, we seem to be doing a lot more of is watching movies from like, like early 90s, late 90s. And, but the movies of the 80s, I feel like are more prophetic. Like there's something about them that if you watch, they, a lot of the stuff that they're talking about or they, they're doing all has kind of come to pass currently like you know back to future is i think it's their 35th anniversary coming up this month and how many things out of the back to the future have come to pass or people are working on still so i i give mad props to anything that was shot in the 80s <laughs> except for jaws 3 um, um yeah so what's what's next for you? What are you up to next? Um, sure. So yeah, there's several stuff in development, and you know this. Um, so the film is a short hmm. film that that we shot. So it's a concept piece for the feature. So ideally, it would be to oh. to find the right people to help fund the feature, gotcha. so we can make that happen. Same cast and everything. But, oh, um, nice. Yeah. Well. Um, I do have to ask, though, because you said you worked on Malcolm X, right? Yes. How was it working with Spike Lee? No? I like Spike. I like okay. Spike. So, I, so, early in my career, I did a few things. Uh, I was an actor first, and, um, and I actually got on the set of Malcolm X as extra first and just hanging around enough I ended up working as a PA um, for a bunch of uh, bunch of shots in um, in uh, uh, Times Square in a few other places around the city and um, I can tell you they were some they were very educational days very educational um it was actually where i met i and i she probably doesn't even remember this which is hilarious but that's where i met ruth carter who was the costume designer on yeah on um on malcolm x and obviously she did black panther and a few other things but that's where i met her on there and so i got to meet all these different people and, and get and it taught that was kind of like my first real place behind the camera um and so to answer your question it was all right it was okay it was um it was it was probably not the film as a first timer that i probably should have done i probably should have done something a little smaller scale like an independent film or something yeah um, but because working on a big project like that is like we were doing 14 hour days and there were like some long, like some yeah, seriously it's long no days. joke. Yeah. It's, no joke. Like you, I, yeah. had to, I was living in Jersey and I had to be on set um, at like 4am. So I had to, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, you're the I'll, first one there. The first, the last one out. I yeah. Remember. yeah. So it's just like, you know, I'm 20 something <laughs> years old. I don't know anything about getting up early. <laughs> all I know is go to club, come home. That's all I knew at the time. <laughs> so that, you know, it did teach me a lot about what, like, how sets operate, obviously. But if I had to change, I would go, yeah, probably that was not the right first time. Yeah, not yeah. the right first time. Yeah. But, um, but I ended up working again with um, him on... Um, a couple other things like um inside man and um also because i was working on some of his stuff i ended up getting to do juice and 
distinguished oh, gentleman and a couple other things. So it, it, like you said, it is, you know, it's all about when you're a PA, it's all about networking. And yeah. I wouldn't have gotten any of those things if I hadn't like been chatty Kathy on the set, you know, so, <laughs> you know, it is all good. So, yeah, so, um, so um, where can people continue to learn more about what you're doing and stay up on what's happening with the film and those kind of good things? Sure. So right now we're still working on our site, but um, Instagram at uh, Lorena Gordon or at at last short film is mm. where we kind of update people on like the film and um, just, you know. Post. Oh, I'm going to ask you real quick. Yeah. What was it like to work with George? Oh my God. Amazing. It was amazing. It was. Was that the uh, first time you'd met him or? I'd met him before. Okay. Uh, we didn't have like any really rehearsal time because he was just literally right. like flying in. So mm. um, it was very, I don't know, it was one of those things where, you know, we were on set and we kind of talked about the scene and, you know, just regular conversation. And, um, you know, he's a father, he's an amazing father. So kind of really just talking about, you know, uh, the relationship between this character and her dad and mm. just talking really emotions and, and all of that. And he got it and he gave us beautiful performances. And I mm. am excited for people to see him in a role like this, because I don't think, you know, we've seen him in a role like this where people are going to be like, Holy shit. Is that George Lopez? Mm. Because it's, it's beautiful. And um, I'm glad that he was able to, to, just be a part of it. And he just went there, you know, he went mm -hmm. there emotionally and uh, was vulnerable. So yeah, I'm, I was very, very thrilled. And luckily he had worked with um, Marlene who, oh. yeah, they had worked together on the George Lopez show. So it was That's nice right. to kind of have oh. like familiarity, you know, to have, to have uh, him, you know, know Marlene and right. have that kind of you know shorthand um and uh yeah no it was it was uh amazing I was a little nervous at first but uh <laughs> it was it was wonderful that must have been cool I mean like the one thing about like a, a, you know I, I should hope that all directors kind of truly like I love directing I think it's like so cool like I love I love the, the ability to take what's in my head and work with the actors to kind of build this thing of this this essence that you're trying to create on 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 film, you know, on digital. Um, and um, I like since I like people, I like working with people, you know. Um, and I, I always tell, you know, young directors, you know, really appreciate the position you're in because there's, this is the hard, this is the hardest to get job you're going to get in most cases, because there are a lot of things that have to happen on set and on, and, and, and to, before you get on the set to even get you in that chair. So the fact that you're able to, and then add to that layer, you hopefully at some point get to work with um, actors like George or someone else that, you know, some other actor who's been in the business for a long time. And that just raises the ante all that, that more. And that, you know, so um, it's, it's, um, it's completely opposite of being a writer in a sense because you're writing in almost a vacuum sometimes, but um, when you're a director, you know, to me, you know, you get, you're the person that everybody is, you know, all these people in the seats recognize as the person who made this happen. When yeah. it's, it's really a, you know, it's a conglomeration of people that are working together, but you're the person who is taking, in 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 what's the word uh congealing the yeah. the, the project so 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we raised the bar, you know, just with the cast, with the cinematographer, who was Dean Kundi, who mm. shot, you know, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Apollo 13, like, you know, so throughout, you know, it was just raising the bar and, you know, I think you, people will see that, you know, when, mm -hmm. they, when they watch the film. Um, so well, it was. Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad you took the time to talk to me about this and talk to me about your, what you're doing, your career. Um, always, I love meeting and talking to fellow filmmakers who are doing their thing. And of course, the more we seed LA with New York people, <laughs> eventually we'll just take it over. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can, so people can follow you again, where at on Instagram? On, uh, Instagram? Sure, at Lorena Gordon, L-O-R-E-N-A-G-O-R-D-O-N. And uh, the film is at, at last short film. That's our, um, our Instagram. But uh, yeah, no, this was a, a lot of fun. Karen. Oh, Thank you. Maybe you guys can play my film festival next year. So, is that in New York? I want to see if this. It's going to be in New York and also be online. We're doing both. Uh -huh. And it's called Love Actually, uh, oh, International cool. Film Showcase. We play only on Valentine's Day, and we only deal with um, subjects of love, sex, and romance, and that can be, we've been, I think this is our 17th year, so um, we have some really amazing work that gets screened usually, um, and we tell all types of stories, which is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. So this can be seen on Facebook? Or where can people check this out? Cool. Well, this will be on, this is on Facebook at this moment. People have okay. been watching. It will stay on Facebook. Uh, the podcast is shouts out to my distributors. Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio, um, oh, I forget that one. Um, there's another one. Radiocast. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, Awesome. Yeah, cool. we're everywhere. Anywhere you find a podcast, um, a future podcast, we are there. So. Cool. Yeah, I want people to, to tune in. So I want to send them oh, right will, to it. I will send you <laughs> a bunch of things you can share. So that way it'll make it easy for you to do that. Cool. Here, let, New Yorkers, you show off your Star Wars shirt. Oh, oh. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. Love the shirt. Oh, I should have mentioned that as a film I wanted to work on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. So, but I, I, I only wanted to do special effects for that movie. So I, I, I used to want to do special effects really badly. So my, um, when I, I, so I think it was a 2003, 2004, um, I was out of work, didn't have anything to do. So a friend of mine was, he was out of work and didn't have anything to do. So we both drove cross country, got to Arizona, car broke down, we had no money. We ended up having to work selling magazines door to door to get to California. Oh, wow. So when we got to California, we were still selling magazines door to door. And I knocked on this person's door. It was this townhouse in um, Beverly Hills. And the woman opens up the door. It was Heather Locklear. And she bought all our magazines, first of all. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she's like, you, she's like, you should, you're so intelligent. You should be doing other things. And so she invited me on the set of, she was, she would have been doing, forget what she was doing. She was doing something then. And then the next door I knocked on was this guy who owned his, uh, the second largest special effects company in California and uh, told me the same thing and ended up giving me a job. Uh, he's wow. like, if you come down tomorrow, I'll show you around the office. If you like it, 
um, he's like, uh, you can, I can, you know, have the job. I was like, doing what? He's like, we'll train you to be a special effect artist. I'm like, okay. I That's do crazy. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those are crazy stories. Look at yeah. you. Those are. That's why I said California. Someone, if I was in New York, someone would have probably kicked kick my ass if I knocked on the door. So <laughs> in New York, there's no way they would have let me knock on their door. So yeah, I probably wouldn't have gotten into the building either. So there's no. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Darren. Stay in touch. If there's anything Absolutely. I can do, let me know. Please, yes. You have my email. And hey, how did you find me? How did I find you? I don't know. Everybody I finds think, me different ways. I think... Um, we have a bunch of people I, in common. We so. do have some people in common. I think through one of those people that we have in common, they, I think, were a guest on your show. and then. I bet I'll bet it was John Moreno. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's um he's a really cool person. I've known him for a while too. So yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm glad. Thank you yeah. for for having me too. When me when, and, when the film is available, I'd love to check it out. Please let me know where I can see it. I just broke my chair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that. Um, yeah, let me know where I can see it um, when, when it's out. I'd love to check it out. Definitely, definitely. And next time I'm in New York, we'll. Uh, oh yeah, definitely yeah, hit yeah. me up. We'll have lunch or something. Well, we'll get six feet apart and we'll have lunch. Yeah, you got it. All right. Definitely. All right, Darren. Thanks so much. All right, you take care. Have a good night. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.